Hey, welcome to episode 53 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and the stories to talk about are just at an all-time high before we get into the draft. But speaking of the draft, the episodes, or just drama, if you will, with the continuation of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I really got to wonder what's going through people's minds and why they think this player is so important to get to Montreal. No, thank you. There is nobody, as far as any of the younger core players of the Montreal Canadiens roster, the prospects, any draft choices that I'd give up for him. I really hope it turns out he goes to Los Angeles, and if it does, have a great career, but it's just not a fit in Montreal. There is no way that I would include any kind of deals that have negative Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Kirby Dock, Arbor Jackey, Jordan Harris, Emil Heineman, none of those guys. Owen Beck, Philip Massar, Sean Farrell. Stop trying to mortgage away the team's future for one guy because he happens to be a local person. And again, I know several people that have made a big deal out of this that, well, they don't think the uh, critiquing or criticizing is fair because, you know, he wants $9 million. Hey, truth hurts. He's never even hit 65 points yet. Suzuki has already. He hasn't. So I'm sorry, Pierre-Luc Dubois is not what the Montreal Canadiens need. And I saw it put very, very well earlier today in a review that I was reading. He brings and will bring a lot of baggage no matter where he goes. And unless Montreal fans really have a desire rather than winning the Stanley Cup to see the team remain a team in the league of mediocrity and basically a doormat for the league, I don't know what's driving this fuel that's driving, oh, we got to have Pierre-Luc Dubois, not to mention the fact he is not going to fall into the team's payroll structure even close, because there's no way you can pay this guy more than you're paying Cole Caulfield or Nick Suzuki. That is just not going to work. We're talking a total destruction of team chemistry. We're talking another locker room disruption. The Canadians as an organization just finally rid itself in the last couple of years of all that. So that is the last thing the organization actually needs. It's interesting. With Kyle Dubas in Pittsburgh, who knows? They need to make some changes. They need to build for the future. Maybe Pierre-Luc Dubois can end up in Pittsburgh. Boston's cleaning cap space. Who knows? If the Boston Bruins lose a couple of significant players, maybe Pierre-Luc Dubois is their center of the future. Again, Los Angeles right now, though, seems to have the lead opportunity to land Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I wish him the best, but I don't want to see him in Montreal. But as annoying as that can be, everybody's got to be looking at Calgary and Winnipeg right now, wondering what is going on with the mass exodus. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is just kind of like the beginning of that in the Winnipeg situation, where you're also talking Connor Hellebuck, you're talking Mark Shifley, you're talking Blake Wheeler, you're talking Sam Gagne. There is a lot of people leaving Winnipeg, or that want out of Winnipeg. And Calgary's right there with him, in addition to having Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk last year. You've even got rumors of how Jonathan Hubido might be moved to Arizona. You have Tyler Toffoli who now wants out. You have Noah Hannaford that wants out. It is just relentless in those two cities. And those are two jobs that as much as it might be a dream job for everybody to be an NHL general manager, one's got to wonder how much hair they're going to have left or how quick it's going to go gray before they even begin 
to address those issues. One of the players out of Winnipeg, though, that I was talking about is Connor Hellebuck, and Toronto needs a goaltender. A really easy move because you're not going to get much more than a first-round pick for Hellebuck, even though a lot of people, it's like, oh my god, he's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. He is, but he's on the opposite side of 30. He's going to want a huge contract, and there's not a lot of teams that can pull that off. Maybe sending him to Toronto for the 28th pick in tomorrow's draft might be the answer. That might be a quick resolution to that problem, either buying up Blake Wheeler's contract or maybe sending Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley to Boston, who probably is not going to get, like I said earlier, David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron back. They're probably going to call it a career. Patrice Bergeron might be back, but David Krejci, probably highly unlikely. Another team that maybe Winnipeg trades the goaltender to, in the case of Hellebuck, is to the Carolina Hurricanes, but Carolina Hurricanes have the 30th pick overall. If you're going to get a draft choice for any of these guys, it's probably going to be really late round picks. Who knows? Maybe an answer for Mark Shifley is to acquire Cody Glass from Nashville for Mark Shifley. A little bit older in the case of Shifley going to Nashville, but also Cody Glass, I think, is still looking for a home in order to be able to develop as an actual player and things like that. And I believe Cody Glass is also from Winnipeg. Not that I'm a big hometown guy. I've obviously expressed that to an extensive level regarding Pierre-Luc Dubois. Maybe in this case it actually works. And maybe for Jonathan Huberdeau in Calgary, maybe he can be shipped off to Pittsburgh, who's like several other teams right now, in a win-right-now mode, and maybe Calgary can land the 14th pick overall. There's an opportunity for both Calgary and for Winnipeg to do a lot of damage in the middle of the first round and collect a lot of draft picks because they've got a lot of players that are already developed. They've got a lot of players that are already ready-to-go NHL players that a lot of other teams quote-unquote, on the edge, so to speak, to becoming a real contender, might be willing to trade for. This might be their way of having one of those drafts like Boston had a couple years ago where they had like five first-round picks or something all in the middle of the first round. Maybe this is a quick way for them to be able to retool. I get it. Calgary and Winnipeg don't want all draft picks. They, too, need players coming back that are NHL-ready. But maybe this is their best solution. Maybe they take a step back in order to put this just total disastrous cluster behind them. Maybe that's the way to get around that particular issue. To be seen. It's definitely a situation that Craig Conroy, the new general manager in Calgary, and the existing general manager in Winnipeg, Shevel uh, Dayoff, just honestly, I would not want to be in their shoes. That's going to be a pressure cooker that's going to be really interesting because they're not only going to have demands from ownership that wants results, obviously from fans as well. Now, of course, the topic of the day currently and of course this week in general of course is the 2023 draft and there are some really bizarre ideas we've already talked at nauseum about Pierre-Luc Dubois about Alexei Lafreniere about Carter Hart and several other players two things that have popped up this week is there a chance the Montreal Canadiens can get Tyler Toffoli back why what is with bringing in older, more expensive players? Does everybody not clearly understand the position that Montreal is taking right now? They are building in a particular age group right around that 21 to 23 age bracket, a team that plays together, that has chemistry together, that's going to be a contender for a long time in their minds. And they're putting together and executing a very specific plan 
obviously these people aren't haphazard or just kind of going off half-cocked going, well, you know, we'll just try these things randomly and see how they play out. In addition to weird things like wanting to bring back Tyler to Foley, there's also people that's like, oh man, we gotta step up and get DeAndre Miller from the Rangers. No, we don't. Again, this is another area of acquisition that I don't get. Everybody's like, oh, we need more defense. We need more defense. How many more defense do you need? And there's a lot of old school mentality that's really gotta stop here. Everybody's like, oh, well, you can't have that many rookies. You can't have that many young players. You gotta have some veterans that mix in. Why? You had five out of six defensemen this year that were rookies on the team. No need to cover again all those players. I think it's pretty obvious those players' names at this point. Why do you need more veteran leadership on defense? The elder statesman, if you will, is 28-year-old Mike Matheson, and everything is working just fine with him, Kovacevic, Justin Baran, Caden Gooley, Arbor Jackye, and Jordan Harris. And again, we've talked about this several times. This doesn't even include people like Jaden Struble, Logan Mylou, Miguel Torgany, Paturi Nurmi. There's just lots and lots of defensive talent. Adam Engstrom is another one. I mean, Montreal has got more than enough defense, which brings me to one of the players everybody's like, oh my God, should they draft David Reinbach? No, they shouldn't. With the fifth overall pick, many people, although in 1984, Peter Zvoboda out of Czechoslovakia was selected with the fifth overall pick, that is not what Montreal needs to do in regards to David Reinbacher this year. That is not what Montreal needs to do with the fifth pick. Montreal needs to do one of three things with that fifth overall pick. Either center Will Smith falls to them, which will make them the happiest team in the world, or they stretch it a little bit because some people say, well, is Ryan Leonard really the fifth overall pick guy that you'd pick? Or you can get really creative. Washington is sitting there at eight, and there is still going to be people, potentially Ryan Leonard could be there. Oliver Moore could be there. So you've still got some high-end talent at the eighth position. And if you can stock up on draft picks and they're willing to give you anything and everything you want so they can draft Mitchkoff as the heir apparent to Alexander Ovechkin, okay, we've got something to talk about there. That might be a trade that might be willing to at least be explored and actually have some kind of common sense to it. Again, on the Matt V. Mishkoff front, yes, he's an incredibly talented player. There are some say that he is only number two to Connor Bedard. There was even a time when people say he was better than Connor Bedard. I get it. There's some people that want to shoot for the moon. There's some people that want to roll the dice. You can. That's an awfully high pick to do that with. But based on the amount of prospects that Montreal has, maybe they can afford to do that. It is truly going to be, and I have said this for months now, if not even longer, a very, very interesting draft. I I truly believe that there will be an amount of trades prior to and during this draft that have probably never been seen. For some reason, there's just something in the air. There's a lot of teams, even though the cap's not moving much, you're going to see a major amount of buyouts. You're going to see a major amount of roster tweaking. You're going to have a lot of changes going on. So that is truly going to be very, very interesting to watch. But a legitimate question you got to be asking yourself is if Washington, who's sitting at the eighth position overall, was willing to say throw in a first round pick in 2024 and 2025, is it worth moving down just three spots? And maybe you end up with Oliver Moore instead of Ryan Leonard or Will Smith. Good question. Or maybe you stretch it a little bit, which we're going to do with Ryan Leonard at number five anyways, and maybe you go with 
Gabriel Weber, the left wing of the All-American line that's going to be in Boston College next year. That would be another one. Again, I think one of the most interesting trades possible is to take advantage of Philadelphia and send Josh Anderson to Philadelphia. Obviously, the coach, John Tortorella, absolutely in love with the player. The player's big. The player has cost certainty. He has five years left on his contract. If you were to throw in the remaining transition rights or negotiation rights for Jonathan Duran, might be one that might be one of those pet projects that Daniel Briere kind of likes taking on, like some other general managers like taking on pet projects like Steve Eiserman and Ken Hughes have. Or maybe you throw in goaltending prospect Caden Primo. Because again, I don't think Primo is going to pan out in Montreal. I think there's too many people, including Jakob Dabish, ahead of him right now. I think his window is going to close before he ever gets the shot he just didn't come into his game or play to the extent that he could at the right time and i think it's going to be a complete timing issue that gets in the way of him making it in montreal but you leverage anderson to philadelphia Jonathan Duran might pique the interest of Daniel Briere, but you leverage Caden Primo with the fact that Wayne and Keith Primo both played in Philadelphia as well. It's a game. That's all it is. It's literally a game, but you're manipulating the leveraging or what you can get value-wise for a player. And if Philadelphia bites on that, now you got the fifth and the seventh pick. So now do you really make that trade with Washington? They take five, you get eight plus their first round picks in the next two drafts, and you end up with the seventh and eighth picks overall. That could be a really interesting draft too. And at that point, for all the people that want the David Reinbachers, and like I mentioned, Oliver Moore, they'll probably be sitting there at seven and eight. At least Oliver Moore, I'm going to guess, will. I am truly looking forward to seeing how the draft unfolds. It is, like I said, going to be one of the most interesting drafts in a long, long time. With that said, that wraps up episode 53 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy the draft. We're probably going to have lots of extra episodes this week because of it. Thanks again for joining us.